Well, welcome to the podcast. And we said at the start of the year, we're going to do things a little different. We're going to find the people out there who aren't necessarily on the radio, on the television, but they're being super successful. They're having a go. And I have a serial entrepreneur. Would you believe he's got a fedora and hat company from North Carolina in America? Welcome to the podcast, Marcus Burns. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm doing great. How y'all doing? Thanks for having me. <laughs> mate, it, it is an absolute pleasure. So for those people like our podcast goes around the world, where is North Carolina? North Carolina, um, like, like in reference to? To the rest of the states, so people can understand where we're sitting. North Carolina is like, I want to say it's it's almost, what you call it, mid, mid, it's, how can I explain it? It's closer to the right side of, the, if you look at the United States, it's closer yep. to the right side, um, somewhere right under the, 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 what I'm trying to say, I, I didn't. You tell I didn't. I didn't pay much attention in uh, geography. <laughs> but, we're going to get to that to how good you were at school. I know if if you said someone said to me, uh, I know Chicago. Where where would you be from Chicago? From the shy. Uh, uh, that's Chicago. North, North. south, oh, south, south of Chicago. That's cool. Yep. Southeast. Yeah. The states Southeast. is very much like America. A lot of people see these big, beautiful towns, they see New York, they see Sydney, they see LA, they see Melbourne. And America, like Australia, is so massive. It's, uh, it's a lot of people don't understand how big the place is and why both, both countries are so full of uh, opportunity. Did you grow up there? Nope. I grew up in uh, Dayton, Ohio. And what was that like living there? It was, it was I'll say that it was a, it was a great experience. Yeah, uh, I grew up. I grew up a little rough, so yeah, That's yeah. Cool. So, mm-hmm. but I love Ohio. Mm-hmm. Were, were you the uh, student that sat down the bank and looked out the window, or were you the one up the front putting their hand up, going, "Yes, miss"? Yep, I was. Uh, I was always a, 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 a ex. What is it, extrovert? Yep. So I was the students, probably somewhere towards the middle, that was <laughs> engaging. Uh, probably having too much fun in class, yeah. but also very engaged with the teachers and, and, yeah. and uh, you know, the administration, administration, they loved me as well. But yeah, I was that, I was a guy raising the hand talking. <laughs> so did you, did you study after school or choose the working side? Um, oh, after school, uh, yeah. what after, after high school, I went yep. to uh, college on a full ride football scholarship. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And what did you study there apart from football? Um, arts, fine arts yeah. with a focus on graphic design. So I'm an artist. I can draw, paint, write, edit. So you, you're not the stereotypical footballer. Nope. It, it, it was funny. Like even when I was playing football, um, I never really watched football. Uh, yeah. I, I, like growing up and people would be like, oh, you play like so-and-so. You remind me of so-and-so. <laughs> I would play it off. I never knew who they were talking about. And I'd yeah. just be like, oh, yeah, that's what's up. Uh, but it, it got me a scholarship. And, um, so you're right. I was the pretty much the weird, the weirdo and I'm a lefty. So I was the weirdo that didn't watch sports, but played. (laughs) Oh, no. So that would have been, that would have been funny introducing yourself to the team. Nope. (laughs) No, it's always that way when they're, when they're trying to watch something or they asking who was your favorite team or something like that. And I'm like, I don't really have a favorite team or player. Yeah, it, it's funny. We had last year in Australia, we had rugby league and 
our forwards, which are like your defensive guys, uh, there, there was these two guys and they're massive guys, nowhere near as big as yours, but they're big and they're rough and they're hard and they're the guys that, you know, do the dirty work and they both retired. And someone said, what you're doing? He said, well, I've just finished my law degree. And another guy said, I've just finished being, uh, learned to be an optometrist. And you can see the look on the journalist's face going, huh? They <laughs> automatically thought that because of their position in playing football, yeah. they stereotyped them as basically knuckleheads. And these guys are super intelligent, achieving heaps. And I thought it was awesome because it just proved that you don't have to be what people say you should be. Yeah, you should sir. just always be who you are. Yes, sir. Respect. So what, what type of art were you into when you were at uni? So it was, a, it was so fine arts with the focus in graphic design. So when yep. I was in school, I went to Western Kentucky University, uh, Hilltoppers. Yep. And um, it was it was it was a little bit of everything. Mostly, um, of course, it starts off with drawing and, yeah. and painting. And then you have, you know, you have the people coming in that, you know, that model for you and all that. But yeah. then tapping into the 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 editing and creating um, actual moving images and everything within the arts of i guess technology you know so you're an entrepreneur now and you've launched a new business which you're going to get into in a moment where once you finish your scholarship you finish your study did you go into business again straight away for yourself or did you just go and get a boring job and pay the bills and live a bit of life it was a funny trickle like after football um i was still in school before i got that uh got that uh, sheet of paper and I um I became a party promoter at one point mm-hmm. and uh eventually towards the end once I finally graduated I uh started working at Outback Steakhouse yes. <laughs> Outback down under <laughs> yes yes we got one of them down we got them in Australia yeah <laughs> yeah it's just funny to bring that up because they they, they you know I, I heard that that well I heard a while back that Australia knows nothing about Outback. Like they don't even, it's like a whole theme, but you know, I was there for six years and you, you know, you start thinking like, Oh yeah, Australia Outback. Yeah. They got it. And then it was like, no, Australia don't cook like that or do anything. like that. (laughs) It's like when they say, do you drink Fosters? We don't even make Fosters in Australia. So. Wow. (laughs) See, but yeah, I was at Outback Steakhouse for six years and eventually I, I knew I needed to do something more of the my yeah. passion that was burning in me was seeking more and right when i was trying to exit um it was like i had a what, what you call them um somebody that comes in all the time yep uh, my my regular and he yes, was a yep, pilot yep. and he started talking to me about traveling the world and mm-hmm. getting out there and he talked started talking to me about becoming a flight attendant and it, it, I was so intrigued. I remember right then and there, I wasn't even taking care of my other tables. Like I was so in, engulfed in his conversation. Yeah. As soon as he was done, I said to him, I'm going to be a flight attendant. And I started applying. I applied one time and ended up getting the job. Uh, but I remember my boss, Andy, was trying to make me a manager and trying to stop me from leaving. But then yeah. I was like, I got I to gotta do more. And then I became a flight attendant for American Airlines. Wow. So did you, did you get to go overseas? Oh, yes. Uh, yep. Uh, a lot of traveling overseas. That's what really I mean, I was other things I was doing, like different network marketing things yep. that I was tapping into that that passion for seeing the world. But with with Air, American Airlines, that's when I really started my first 
first time leaving the country was Dublin, Ireland. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. <laughs> so what's, we're, probably, we're going about to get into your business of being an entrepreneur, but I can't go without asking this question. For all the places you've visited, both with work or outside of work, what's been your favourite place? Remember, you haven't been to Australia yet, so, you know. I know I haven't been to Australia yet, and that's coming. <clears throat> and I'm actually going to Dubai this year and in South Africa uh, at the beginning of next year. Yeah. But my favorite, it's funny because, you know, as an artist, I enjoy every place. And then it's like the last place is always like, yeah, that was my favorite. Yeah. But what's happened to it, I say Egypt. Egypt was it was it was mind blowing. It was the, the history yeah. and the the lessons that you learned and just being on that soil and yeah. touching the pyramids. It was that that was my favorite. Yeah. When you when you do come to Australia, we tell everyone like come to the cities, they're absolutely magnificent. But if you've got the time, get out back because it's it's brutal, it's hard, it's magnificent, totally different. Uh, the reds. Uh, you know, uh, thousands and thousands of different colors, all red. But all red, <laughs> yeah, all red. But it's all different. Every different yeah. shade of everything. So uh, you'll you'll have a ball as an artist when you come to Australia. We're we're very privileged down here. So where did this brims, as you've called it, Burns Brims, come from, and why did you choose hats? I mean, it's not a huge market. Let's be honest. I know, right? Um, well. Ever since I was young, I had a fascination for for cowboys. Yeah, and I, I always loved boots, yep. cowboy boots, and and hats. And I started wearing them early on, even when it wasn't popular. Like like when I say I grew up rough, I grew up in the inner city, all black inner city high school. Yeah, and uh, I had dreads once upon a time and gold yep. teeth. So even with the dreads and golds. I was still rocking fedoras. Now, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, I wasn't able to afford cowboy boots until I got to college and was getting the, the free grant money. But um, it was just always my thing. My first cowboy hat I had got was I was, you know, I was raised, I was raised with my grandmother. So my first cowboy hat was my uncle was in town and we were, I think we were traveling for, um, for a family reunion or something. Yeah. And we stopped at some gas station and I saw this hat in the gas station. And I wanted it so bad. And, you know, I'm probably about, I don't know, six or seven. And I wanted it so bad. And and Granny couldn't afford it. And then my Uncle Rexy grabbed it and bought it. And I think it was like, I want to say like maybe $40, $50. And that was my first ever putting on a rim, a wide fedora. And then it just grew from there. And I just always, it's just always been me. So it was easy for me to transition into, um, into this creating the brand like my yeah. last name is burns and so they're they're burns brims and i actually yeah. burn so much stuff on i burn the logo i burn and i, and I incorporate the whole food <laughs> but it was it was a no-brainer uh with me and desi's uh me and my wife uh travel vlog desi and keith's wonderlove we um i was always trying to you know keep it fresh different things you know these are videos so you yeah. want to keep switching up your style so when i was messing with the hats i was started altering them myself and start just doing all kinds of crazy things to the hats and everywhere i would go people was dang where did you get that hat where where did that hat come from like 
wow. And then, I mean, literally, like when I would go to certain places like Jamaica or, or poor countries and they would ask about the hat, I would take it off and give it to them, yeah. you know, because, uh, you know, it's just like, you know, I can go home and make me another one. I don't know if you're uh, if that's a, if this is accessible to you. So I would just give it. But it was just too many people asking it. And then, you know, I had briefly talked about with all the different business ideas with the wife that I want to eventually make hats and boots, you know, cowboy boots and hats. And did she and, give you the normal wife look when you give them some crazy idea and they, as if to say, what are you talking about? How's that going to pay the bills? No, she's, my wife is like totally supportive of me. Like she, she loves my wild, my, my, my vision of just having everything and doing everything. So she was the one that said, like when walking through the airport, everywhere we was going, people asked about the hats. She was like, baby, I think you need to get these hats going. You need to get started. It's, it's time. And so she literally pushed me to go ahead and get started. And it was during the pandemic. Uh, yeah. 2020 is when the pandemic hit, right? Was it 2020 or 2019? Yeah, 2020. It's hit the end of 2020, yeah. Yep. So that's when it that's when it started. And, yep, I, I decided to, when it rains, it pours. And, you know, most people, while it's raining, they got the umbrella up, shielding the rain. But the 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 people that, you know, capitalize on things, they turn the umbrella upside down and collect the water. Yes. So I was like, oh, this is the perfect time, perfect opportunity to start my business. So how, what was the biggest challenge you had starting? I mean, you can't go to a bank and say, I'm going to make hats during COVID and mm-hmm. I need some money. They'll look at you funny going, you know, really, man? Yep, yep. The, yeah, the biggest, I, I, I think the biggest challenge is to, to get started because yeah. uh, what they say, anything new you can't be ready for. Yeah. And you, you try to prepare, you try to prepare, you try to prepare. And sometimes you can talk yourself out of it like you true, start to realize true. dang i gotta do this this comes with this and then you go oh i think i'll wait or i think i'm that's not for me and so that was the you know getting past that barrier but then like you said the, the funding like trying to figure out okay what should i order first what should i bring in first how should i start yeah. and and then being an artist what they say we sensitive about our stuff so i wanted to start totally like the the you know all the way have everything proper everything legit everything clean everything the not a not not a box but a traveling case and and the most exclusive hats and have the 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 lining in it and the leather bands and it was just like no you gotta you gotta I gotta start where I'm at I gotta start where I'm at and what I can what I can afford and just start yeah. cranking it out because at the end of the day it's still my art I'm adding art to it which is still yeah. adding value. Because the hat's just really the base, isn't it? I'm looking, the people who aren't seeing, uh, aren't watching the video, they're listening to this in their car. Well, I'm looking at someone with a whole heap of hats and then he takes and adds colour or a brim or a little bit of a wrap or some studs and turns them into art. So the next question I'm saying, well, artists and creatives are known as being terrible business people. (laughs) I mean, they're very good at what they do, but when it comes to the business side, they they're not that good, but you've also come through football where you've got to do the planning, you've got to do the strategizing, you've got to do the training. Do you think something out of that football has helped you be success in being your business rather than just being the creative side? No, definitely. Um, you know, football teaches you uh discipline. Yeah. And you know, um the thing about discipline is is teaching yourself to push past 
even mm-hmm. when you don't want to do it, it's teaching yourself to love it. Right. Yeah. Um, so football taught me. Um, one of one of the co- one of the one of the things the coach used to say was find a way. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Find a way. And that was like a huge staple for me. Yeah. Um, and. I, I, I live by that. Like there's, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in excuses and it's like, you know, get it started, find a way, work through it. Um, and that's, that's life, right? Lessons. You, you, yeah. you live and learn. You gotta, you gotta bump your head. Sometimes what Steve Harvey say, uh, try to skip the stairs. And he said, you know, he, he learned this lesson as a kid when he, you know, how the kid, when you try to jump up, jump up yeah. like five steps. And, and then he said he slipped and he hit his head on the stairs and that's what he learned to don't skip the steps. And so the, the defeats, the downfalls, the, 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 I guess the disappointments, cause nothing's a failure, right. As long as you're falling forward, true, but uh, true. it, yeah, football really gathered all that for me. It got that, that, that kid that was coming out of the hood that dealt with a lot of pain and it, yeah. and it helped me teach me how to m- turn that pain into power. How did you handle rejection when, when you started pitching your product to people and they're just going, it's COVID, mate. I don't, I'm not buying anything new or I'm not putting that range in my shop or, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're mad, mate. How did, how did you handle those type of negative Nellies as we call them in Australia? Well, then I guess I, I've got to a point to where I understand we all have opinions. Yeah. And I, always, I took it all as constructive criticism. Uh, one time I went into, I remember going into a shop and was talking to uh, older gentleman that yeah. you know he was a, you could tell he was a classic man and he's from like Chicago or Detroit so yeah. he's um he's very direct and he was just like what are you doing what's this hat and he grabbed it and he looked at me he was like this this ain't even right so and so and he just like kind of started scolding me and it was funny I had a, a gentleman there that had just did a photo shoot for my hats yeah. and and he brought me over to the store to introduce me and I'm thinking I'm about to talk to him about trying to incorporate my hats and everything. And he started scolding me. So the the, the older gentleman, they, you know, they're both older than me, or both older gentlemen. Um, and so the, the one that brought me in the store, he's looking and he's like wondering if I'm going to be worried. Like he was, you can see kind of worry in his eyes, like, dang, he kind of coming down hard on him. And I was listening. I was engaged. I, I, I love pressure. I love constructive criticism. Yeah. So when he gave it to me, I listened, I learned and I took notes. And now my goal is because I felt like he caught me off guard, too. So my goal is, you know, what that did for me is never get caught off guard again. So I'm I'm prepared. And and my goal for him is to next time I walk into a store, I'm going to walk in and gift him a Vern's Brims that's fully, uh, I guess, to his um, liking, you know. But, yeah, that's that's how that's how I've always done with with criticism or disappointments or somebody i just i just take it on the chin and, and yeah. keep pushing forward now most of the time people have been told to wear hats in america they, they love to wear their caps but that doesn't protect your skin from skin cancer where a fedora and all yours type of hats they're awesome how do you broaden the market how do you get people who don't necessarily wear hats to start wearing them because it's actually better for their health See, I, I like that you said that because um, I'm actually about to. Now that you said that, I'm actually about to tie that into my pitch. That it's better for your health. You need to, you know, you got to shave. But I'm gonna have uh, to send you a bill for this, mate. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to quote, I'm going to make sure I quote you. <laughs> uh, but it was kind of like, like a, so I guess the transition for me hasn't been as rough as to pulling in the, cause like, like I said, it's a classic man thing. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a lot easier to tap into older classic gentlemen like yourself. Right. Because y'all understand yeah. the, 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 the nature of the hat, the, the feeling of the hat, what it, what it, the, the, the meaning behind, yeah. you know, the, the strength that it gives you the mystery. Right. And so, you know, going to cigar bars or, mingling with pastors because you know the pastors you know they like to get fly too at the churches and stuff like that but but uh you know mingling with the pastors or um cigar bars or just you know tapping into the networks where i can find classic men it's it's easier with them now they might not like as much as like a wild style like like this hat like a cam newton would wear but i got the calmer styles so but it it with me being young and I guess being hip, I um and then always wearing it. So it wasn't like people saw me all of a sudden come out with hats like yeah, like oh I just want to make you hats. Yep. They knew they they everybody's always known that's who he is. So and you know growing up in different situations people would always go man I wish I could pull that off. I wish I could pull that off. So now that I'm doing it I'm mixing it with the whole new this new age of the Cam Newtons, like wearing a wild different style hats and DL Hughley and, and, and Steve Harvey. And, uh, you know, it's like, it wasn't too, it, it, it wasn't, you know, I know I'm going to get the, the, you know, the, the trials and tribulations is always going to come. Right. Yeah. But it wasn't too hard really stepping in because I'm bringing this new style to the young school, like to where you can dress, you can wear the hats with a suit. You can wear the hats with a with a beach outfit. You can wear the hats with with a t-shirt and some jeans, you know? And so I'm and how I how I've been mixing it, it's just been easy to tap into the young crowd as well. And they've been oh. like, what's up? So how do you how do you tap into the uh, the New York Wall Street uh, real estate guys who are all about looks? They they wear the Smith suits with the nice shoes, not necessarily a tie unless they've got to. But they are all about the look. I mean, mm-hmm. your your hats. I had a good look on the, anyone. I'm going to put the link up when we are on the show notes. You've got to take a look at what you've got on your range. It is awesome. Thank you. But I didn't see one with any little dollar signs down the side. So uh, mm-hmm. and Wall Street type can wear it, you know, out during lunch to say, you know, how do you tap into that market? I mean, because that is, you get one of them. All of a sudden, you become the next in thing. Yep. And you're off. You're 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 flying first class around the world. Well, well it's, it's, uh, it's I'm just studying like I'm studying the whole market. Um, I'm contacting other people that make hats, yeah. learning their craft. And then and then uh, so like, let's say that with the, the Wall Street, because I'm learning every day. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm still in the process. I've been doing the business for only about a year now. Yeah. So I would. Of course, I would. Okay, for for instance, I'm about to be in in a storefront in Nashville. Yep. And I'm mixing with a storefront that's actually doing golf apparel. So in my mind, I'm like, this is genius. And right. and, and smart. Friend, yep. Um, um, it was a friend that I actually played college football with that's been very successful. And then he contacted me recently when he saw what was going on with the hats. And he was yeah. like, 
I would love to incorporate your hats and mix this theme up. And he was like, I'm going to tap you into a whole nother ethnicity, a whole nother culture of people. Yeah, yeah. Just golfers. And, you know, like you said, they're, they're, they got a certain type of look about them, certain type of cleanness. Yeah. But, uh, but then they, you know, uh, one of the sayings I've heard is they say the, the, the biggest deals are made on the golf course. True. So now, now that I'm being a golf store, learning, getting my golf swing right out there with these millionaires and yeah. these important top notch people and letting them get a little whiff of my uh, personality, letting them, you know, mingle with them, winning them over. Eventually, you know, uh, my ideas will start to grow in a whole nother um, dynamic tapping yeah. in to this new market. So I just, I just learn, I just, I just go for it. And then learn my, my wife likes to call it um she's the one for for a, a an analogy yeah she's the one that goes baby it's 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 crap right there don't step in it and i'm the one that i don't know it was there until it's already on my shoe and i got scraped <laughs> off you know, i know how you feel you know i just go for it <laughs> oh man it's awesome it's uh when i do when i'm training people in public speaking i I look at them at the first class and say, do you realize that I don't like notes? And they go, they just, and you know where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. I don't like notes. And they're going to say, you speak without notes. I said, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they look at you and go, why? I said, well, because in business, in life, you can't carry around notes. Yeah. You can be in an elevator and the person next to you is your next big financer, your next big deal. Yeah, you can't go into your pocket and pull out a set of notes and start reading. Yep, I said. So well, I say, jump out of the plane without a parachute because you're going to fly. Yep, you're going to do it. Yeah. You got to you got to jump. You got to uh, you got to you, you got to take the. You never know if you if you if the if the parachute will open or if your wings is open if you don't take the leap. And but with the notes thing, I'm the same way. And I um I have a tendency of rambling. I get excited. I get passionate. And I ramble and I see it. So I guess um, that would be my only false evidence appearing real fear uh, of it is the, the fact of knowing that. But 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 still, it holds a, a sense of off. Was it off? Authentic, authenticity, authenticity, yeah. Like, yeah. authenticity, like me coming pure like this meeting, talking to you. Yeah. I can just flow. I can be me. Yeah. But sometimes people can tell when you've rehearsed or when you're reading something from, you know, a oh, teleprompter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As, as, as people wouldn't realize when we people say to you a lot of pre-interview and I say no I say I don't issue questions I don't tell people what we're going to talk about because we want real mm-hmm. um, and it's so true you can pick a fake a mile off you know as we call it in Australia the bullshit meter yeah and you got about 10 seconds in yep. business before people will pick you up and see and you're wise too you have wisdom so you're like see I'm, I'm learning that skill of being able to you know, you size people up, you look at them and you, and you, you pick up on certain things and I'm learning that skill. I'm still young. So, but you know, the journey is never ending. We're always learning ourselves no matter what, but you have wisdom. So you can probably, you can catch it way faster when somebody is not authentic. That, that doesn't mean I don't stuff up from time to time. So just letting you know. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Two important questions of people who wear hats. And this is one of my bugbear. I've got a nice hat that I can take away. How do you pack them in a suitcase without them coming out 
absolutely horrible. So, um, and, and I see, I had to play with that at first when I was getting them out. I was trying to figure out. So I got a couple, uh, just to give you my, my beginning stages of trying yeah. to transfer my ass before I got my boxes. I was packing them in this huge suitcase. Like when I would go somewhere yeah. and I got some hats to deliver, I would um, pack my clothes around it. But then I had a couple hats that I had bought, like, like um, I'm, I can't think of the name right now of them hats, but were they're hard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're not fabric. They're hard. Yeah. So what I was doing was I would, I would press each one of them down on top of each other slightly. I would have a hard one under it and then a hard one on top. <laughs> sit it in the middle of this huge suitcase and it pack my stuff around it, but make sure it doesn't shift and move. And I'm not pressing the, the crown of it in. Yep. Um, but now I have, um, I actually have hat carrying boxes. You have a hat suitcase. Yep. So you got, you know, I got the, oh. the, 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 the hat boxes, but the goal is to get to, where uh, eventually I'm going to have carrying cases, yeah. like burns brims carrying cases. So now, if you if you uh, it'll be different packages, but you will be able to purchase a hat and have a carrying case with it, so you can travel with it. Don't laugh. My mother had one, and she would have been 86 now. So they were around. You remember when the ladies used to wear all the hats in the 50s? Mm-hmm. You've just got to modernize it for uh, for now. So you'll be fine. Kids, how do we get little kids to wear hats? Because if we can get them wearing hats early, yes, it's better for their skin, better for their health, and better for your bank balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So how do we get oh. them? How do we get it to be cool with kids to wear a hat? Because it is better for them. I think uh, it's a massive market out there. Yeah, and I and you're right because, like I said, I love the because you're right. It's it's when it comes to health and just protecting your skin and protecting yeah. your, 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 your crown. Um, Especially during summer sport, if they're sitting watching their favourite team in summer, mm-hmm. you want them sitting there wearing a hat. You don't want them sitting there burning up. Yeah. Well, I, I, I guess for me, as I, as I learned that process and tap into that, that market, for me right now, I'm building myself uh i've always been this larger than life type image and personality and i actually do speaking i actually have a speaking event uh coming up on the 20th where uh, i'm speaking for career day and i'm talking to seventh and eighth graders so how i look at it since i'm still a little young and i'm still a little hip i can go in there relate with the kids have fun mingle and then show them the on and off switch. You get to see my swag, my style, that I'm still <laughs> hip. You know, I'm not, I might not know all the verbiage or the lingo that they own, but I'm still a little close. And then, so I, I draw them in. I draw the kids in. And then at that point, when I, when I speak, the, they see a switch turn, and then they see a more focused, a more business personality. But then through the whole process, I'm wearing a hat because the hat's right. is me. It's a part of me. So I'm hoping that by even engaging and doing my speaking events to the, to the kids that they start to feel like, man, he's cool. Hats is cool. I want a hat. I want a fedora right now, you know? So was it the swag and the, and the confidence that won your wife over? Yeah, it was definitely the sauce. Yeah. It was a lot of sauce. (laughs) (laughs) I, when I, I, when I saw her, uh, uh, it was funny. Um, I met her at an, at an event in Miami. And I was uh, 
did I have a fedora on? I'm sure I had a fedora on. But I remember being on social. It was like a group that was going to Miami to this event. And I remember yeah. being on social media. And I was just friending a bunch of people that was coming to the event. And then when she walked through the door at uh, at this place called Wet Willies, where you get slushies, like alcohol slushies, and she walked through the door, I just so happened to be at the end of the table. Like I said, I'm an extrovert. So I was already yeah. mingling while everybody was coming in. And I was at the door and I opened the door and I grabbed her hand and I said, you look so familiar. Oh, she's like, that's an old line. Come on. <laughs> and she, she thought I was she thought I was shooting the line. And she said, she said, yeah, you just friended me about an hour ago on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, everything was written from there. <laughs> Mate, two final questions before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. What's your best advice you give to someone like you? If you look at what people would say where you grew up, you grew up tough. <clears throat> Everything you've gone through in life. You're not supposed to be successful. You're supposed to have just played football and end up serving at Outback Steakhouse. But you've made a success. So what's your best bit of advice you give to someone who is your 18-year-old self standing there making, what am I going to do with my life? What are you going to say to them? I say, I say tap into, find your passion, find who you are. Um, what makes you, what do you love and develop it? And even if you don't find it or can figure it out early on, it's like puzzle pieces. Sometimes we might receive a puzzle piece at, at 18 that we don't know what to do with, but then at 25, we receive another puzzle piece that brings that, that other one that was in our subconscious to our frontal lobes. And now it connects. So I say just, just, Tap into yourself, believe in yourself and just do it. Just, you know, just go for it. No matter what, no matter fear is false evidence appearing real. Just just go for it. If you believe in yourself enough that you that you believe that you can achieve anything. So if you had the choice to give one person in the world one of your hats to wear, Mm -hmm. who would you give it to? That's my favorite. Here we go. And now I've got you thinking. Um, who would look best in one of your hats, male or female? Doesn't matter. <clears throat> uh, okay, so who would look best? Yep. So who's you're you're sitting there? You look, put your business hat on, as we say, uh-huh. and you got your best hat, and you want to give it to someone because you're going to look you're going to look hot in that. That is going to pop. Who are you going to give it to? <clears throat> Can I give can I just one or can I give a, a like a, a list of four? You can get a list list of four, man. Okay, you got Steve Harvey. Yep. Um, Will Smith. He'd probably need a hard hat. Yep. <laughs> um, Johnny Depp. Yes, yes, and Denzel Washington, Obama. Barack Obama. I'm going to give you five. <laughs> okay, that's cool, man. So where do our listeners find you and where do they find your hats? Okay, so you can find Burns Brims on uh, burnsbrims.com. Yep. Or on uh, our Instagram page, at Burns Brims. That's B-U-R-N-S-B-R-I-M-S. Yeah, awesome, man. Look, it's been an absolute privilege talking to you. I love it. I love the guys who uh, disrupt the industry. I think it's absolutely awesome. Uh, it's been fantastic. And as we say, at the end of everyone, 
of our podcast. Have a groovy day.